Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. I was not asked to do this, but I'm going to make a video for you all today talking about my experiences with Sandra Hovind, as well as behind-the-scenes stuff with Kent Hovind. And I want you guys to be able to see a clear picture of what I'm experiencing, because sadly, through social media and on some of these shows I've been doing, you haven't got to see what's been going on behind the scenes. You haven't got to listen to the many hours and hours of me having discussions with people and listening to people's problems and their complaints and their criticisms and all this. I want to show you also what the difference is between talking to someone like Cindy Lincoln, Mary Toko, and then Sandra Hoven. I remember calling up Kent Hoven a while back, and I'm like, how are you doing, Kent? How you been doing today? This is before all the Chris Jones and the scary corpse conspiracies that everybody's coming up with out there. Um, me and Kent were doing just fine. Kent was, and Kent has always been, whenever I call up, very kind, gentle, and all this. But the guy's a very busy man. He tells me a lot. He goes, Brad, I always appreciate it whenever you call. You're a good guy and all this. That's if he actually remembers who I am. Sad to say, there are sometimes, many times where I've talked to him in the past whenever I was an atheist and he helped me out. He helped me by getting me spiritually ready for Christianity and theism, folks, in case some of you did not know that. I told Cindy Lincoln that and Mary Toko what an important impact he had on my life that just didn't seem to matter to either one of them. To be honest with you, they just didn't care. At least that's how I feel about it. But one day I call up, and uh, it's Kent's having a good day. He actually remembers who Brett Keene is. Um, I'm not being mean by saying this, but Kent, unfortunately appears uh, quite a bit to have some memory issues. He'll help me, he'll always be kind with me, but there's some times where he don't even know who I am whenever I call. And it has been told to me by many people on both sides that he's been having a lot of memory issues as he's gotten older. And I hope to God that God helps him out and assist him in that. I feel like um, one of the reasons why sometimes in these videos, whenever he's talking, it may come off as though he's deliberately or intentionally making something up. I've been told by some people that sometimes he doesn't even know what folks are talking about and people have to actually remind him of what is happening. Well, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, I've called a couple times and then I've been put on the phone with Sandra. Kent Hovind himself, he said, Brad, I got to go do some tours. I got to go bring some souls to Jesus. He never forgets that. He never forgets what it is that he's wanting to do in his life. He always seems to know that he wants to save souls and he wants to be an instrument for God. It's just uh, whenever it comes to people or faces or names and all that, that he seems to have an issue with, sad to say. But whether he remembers me or not, for some reason, his heart is always there. His heart is always there. So he puts me on the phone with Sander Hoven, and I remember feeling so weird about this 
Because, folks, it's not often if you are talking to someone that a spouse is just going to hand over the phone to somebody like that. You know, say, hey, go ahead and talk to my wife. I'm going to go do some things. <laughs> but that's what he did. And she's like, hello, Brad, how are you doing? It's so nice to be able to talk to you. I've seen your videos and you're, you're such a good person. You've got such a kind heart. You're such a, just a wonderful inspiration. And she just like, like, uh, drowned me in just compliments and respectful things. And I'm not used to that. I'm not used to someone just saying all kinds of nice things. I'm used to the internet. I'm used to people calling me Satan and the Antichrist and evil piece of trash or trying to make a new friend and being told by a person on the internet that I hardly know that I'd like to be friends with tell me, well, I heard some bad shit about you, so I don't trust you. I don't respect you without even getting to know me. But not this woman. No. I've also had the same experiences with Matt Powell as well. Matt Powell never once brought up, oh, I've heard some terrible things about you. I've heard some gossip and rumors, and I just can't talk to you. I just don't trust you. Matt Powell as well as Sander Hovind, they've shown me nothing but kindness. And one of the things that they've done that um, it's really important to me is they actually ask me how my damn day is. They ask me, how are you feeling? How is your health? These kind of things. It's been a while since I've talked to Matt, though. Um, Matt has been very, very busy taking care of his new babies and his wife, which he ought to be doing that. He shouldn't be spending so much time talking to old Henri Brett Keen on the Internet. He should be putting his family and the priority over, you know, talking to some Internet, you know, turdling like myself. So I can appreciate that. I do get sad sometimes. I like talking to Matt. Sandra and Matt have this thing about them where when you're talking to them, and I'm not saying when you're seeing them on a video, I'm, I'm saying actually having a conversation with them, there is such light that comes off of them. You can just feel this vibe that you're talking to someone who genuinely and sincerely cares about you as a person. And like I said, I'm not used to that. I've got a very small family, folks. Most of my family members are dead. And the ones that are alive, they have basically are so self-absorbed in their own problems and issues that they just ain't got no time for me or my children or even my wife. And unfortunately, that's the same for my wife. She literally has not one single family member that is involved in her life. But my wife has sat with me a few times whenever I've had conversations with Sandra, and my wife just cannot stop saying, this woman is just such a beautiful, sweet person. My wife actually went over to her Facebook and looked around and said, my goodness, she's beautiful. Kent really knows how to pick them, huh? <laughs> and I said, well, honey, if you've seen the other ones, uh, he, the discernment skills haven't always been there. <laughs> but this one, he did good. <laughs> no insult towards Cindy and Mary Toko on that. Cindy, as well as Mary, are beautiful ladies. But the problem is, folks, and I've said this before, and I don't want to come off cruel as hell on this, but 
Sometimes beauty isn't just what's going on on the outside. Sometimes a person can be physically attractive, <clears throat> but have a very dark, dark, hellish heart. They can be a very, very cold person. I think that's one of the reasons why in this world some people get into bad marriages and relationships because they see someone and they decide they want that person, but they only want that person for what they can give them sexually, physically, and they don't get to know the person's heart before they get involved with them. There's too many damn people out there who are naive and they got this idea that this person's beautiful. Maybe they're what my friend Adam Lore calls a fixer-upper. Maybe if I hook up with this person, they'll give me what I need physically. And if they have any problems along the way, I'll solve them. Some people think they can actually do that, that they can actually change another person from what they are, who they are, or what they are to become. That's not going to happen, folks. You ever meet someone and they're beautiful on the outside, but they're garbage on the inside? Don't even go near that. And again, I'm not saying Cindy and Mary's that way. But let me follow up a little bit more on what it's like talking to Sander Hoban. And the same can be said quite a bit about Kent. Remember, folks, I've said this over and over. The only thing that angers me and causes me any real issue with Kent is the concern about that boy. If that boy wasn't an issue or a topic, I would have nothing Nothing to complain about whenever it comes to Kent. He also illuminates light. He also comes off as a genuine guy. Sandra, we have talked for many, many hours at this point. If I can't get through to Kent, if I call him and I'm at, wanting to ask him how's he doing that day or what's going on or... What does he want to do about this? Or I'm letting him know that some prick on the internet's got something bad to say about him, which I hate being the messenger on this. I hate being the go-between where people say, you need to say this to Kent. And then Kent sometimes, unfortunately, says, Brett, tell this person that. It's like, man, what am I, a referee at WWE wrestling? But I get it. I mean, if I'm going to um, participate in being the messenger for these other people, then I got to do the same thing for Kent as well. It's only fair. It's only the right thing to do. But she's a, such a good person. You know, one of the things that she does, she watched a video of mine a while back. It was one of the few times on my channel where I've gotten the opportunity to speak positively and about little things in my life that keep me from going under in depression. Because, folks, I've got bipolar manic depression. If I'm around negative people too long, if I'm around negative influences too long, it starts sinking me into the ground. And it's dangerous for me as a bipolar manic depressive because if I get too depressed and I get too sad... And I start feeling like the world's coming to an end and the walls are coming down around me and there's nothing I can do. I get anxiety. And then with the anxiety comes suicidal thoughts. I've said this on video many times. I've warned people about what it is about me. And then eventually what will happen is I shut down. 
I sometimes do it abruptly, and it shocks people. It surprises people because they don't get it. They're like, Brett seems like such a chill guy. He's so cool. He's so smooth. Why all of a sudden did he just hang up, or why did he decide that he wants to go away from YouTube for a year or months or a couple of days? Why does he just stop all of a sudden? Because sometimes it gets too much. Some of you out there, when I'm talking to you, and I'm not going to mention names, but most likely you wouldn't give a shit anyway. Some of you are so negative and so terrible, and you complain so fucking much. There's been times where I felt like stabbing myself in the neck with a dull fucking spoon. I have literally thought about slamming my head into a fucking car door because some of you are so horrible with some of the shit that you say about each other and what you say about some of these good people. It's been very, I know a lot of people out there, they're like, Brett, you feel, when we listen to you and we watch you, you feel kind of flippity-floppity, where it seems like you don't know which direction to go. I've admitted that. I didn't know what to do. But Sandra Hoven recently, without even trying, without asking me or putting this in my head, just her actions alone and talking to her has changed my views on a lot of different things that I was getting confused about whenever it came to Kent and a lot of issues. And I'll explain in great detail what happened here. And remember, she didn't tell me this. She didn't try to do this to me. But how do I put this in a way that people can consume and understand? I told her, I actually encouraged her. I said, you know what, Sandra, I noticed that you don't have any videos on YouTube. I seen you once on a video where Kent was announcing that he was going to marry you, but you seem like a really, really naturally gifted, good person. And I think that it would be really special for people if they could see what you're about, literally see you and hear you talking about how beautiful and great things is. She is always constantly talking about how great it is up there. She is such a good wife. She's constantly complimenting Kent Hoven and complimenting the volunteers up there. She compliments the environment. Hell, she even compliments the pigs and the cows and the animals and everything down there. She's just full of these this real goodness and everything like that. You can't help to feel better and feel happy after you have a conversation with her. People like this are good for Brett Keen. People like this... You keep me in the clouds instead of sinking in the ocean and the flood of madness and insanity that is going on on the internet and what I see in the news and the crap I see on a daily basis. So what ends up happening is I encourage her and she goes, well, I don't know how to do a camera. I don't know how to do these things. Sad to say, there's a big meme going around that the Hovens don't know how to do tech support. And that's not like a negative thing. Not everybody was meant for computers and the stupid crap that YouTube offers. Some people just hang out in nature and enjoy the beauty that God designed. They, they don't sit around trying to figure out which wire plugs into what, what button you push without blowing shit up. 
That's just the way some people are. Some people rather actually enjoy life than be in this intense bullshit that we call the internet. And it is intense bullshit. A lot of it's just fake and nasty and nonsense. So I encourage her to do this, and uh, she says, I, I don't know how I would go about doing it. You know, Kent's got his setup, but I'm not sure. And I said, is Matt Powell there? And she goes, yeah. And I said, well, Matt Powell is a fantastic director. I know for a fact that the young man wants to make movies, and he's great with the camera. The thing about Matt Powell, folks, if you don't mind me complimenting this young man, Besides being a great young preacher and one of the most fantastic choices that Kent Hovind ever made, and it's obvious that, that Matt Powell is going to be his, that Matt Powell is his apprentice and is going to end up being the next or even greater than uh, what Kent Hovind was. Um, I'm not saying that Kent Hovind isn't awesome. I'm just saying that it's obvious that Kent is giving him so many gifts and on top of it, Matt Powell is absorbing all the greatness from all the other good Christians out there, like Standing for Truth, and he's just learning a lot all the time. So I think he's going to be like Kent Hovind 2.0 or better uh, whenever his time comes. Kent's doing a great job at teaching him and educating him. But um, I said to her, this guy... There's there's people out there that are good at directing, but I don't know if you notice when you watch a lot of movies and television shows nowadays, people always want to record dark stuff and rain and like gothic crap or devastation and tragedies and death. You, you can't get through a movie or a show without seeing blood and filth all over the screen or some kind of sex scene that you didn't even ask for. However, when you watch a, something by Matt Powell, he's got this eye where he's able to pick up the beauty around. He can, it's like, it's like he's recording the beauty. He's able to see what God has made and he shows that. And he's not interested in showing the woes of the world. He's interested in showing the good that God has done that man hasn't quite corrupted just yet. He's got a great eye at it. So I figured, my goodness, here you got a woman who's filled with light. You got a guy who knows how to pick the light and pick it up. He needs to record her. And I knew that Matt Powell, being the kind gentleman that he is, that even though he's such a busy, busy person, that he would probably get out his camera and do it. And guess what? He did. Took a little bit of time to get him to do it, but he did. And he produced this incredible video. And also he did his, uh, Matt loves putting like this melodic piano music behind his videos. He loves putting this like, uh, he wants to make it an experience, not just another sermon or preaching or something like that. He always wants you to hear as well as feel and visualize. He's, he's clearly got talent at what he does. So he records her showing off her house. He records her showing off her bedroom, the nature. She takes us on a tour and all this. We get to see her walk into a building and Kent's like, hey, honey, 
you know, and they do the little kiss thing. And then she walks out and all the people, I swear it was like watching a movie. You know, you got this guy on the roof saying, we're not into heavy metal here. And it's just fantastic. It's such a great production. And on top of it, he's got the perfect person to be able to narrate it and talk about it. One thing about Sander Hoven, though, one of the only things that I have to get on her for is she's very critical of herself. She's very hard on herself when she doesn't need to be. She wants people to be happy. But there's a sadness to her, too. And um, she's had some really, really tough times in her life. And for her, this place that she lives and the man that she's with, to her, it's like heaven on earth. She's had so many struggles in her life with her own family, um, with her own children and all that. And she's trying so hard to just continue to embrace the light and the decency of what there actually is left in this world. And now she finds herself in a position because she's married a damn celebrity. You know, a lot of people, you think of a celebrity and you think, man, I would love to marry this super popular guy or woman. But there's a lot of consequences that come with it. You have to learn how to live with that person's lifestyle. Sometimes when a person has fulfilled their dreams and they have, they're on a routine, whether you're a minister or a movie actor or actress, sometimes if you get involved with a person like this, your dreams have to take a back seat. And she realized this whenever she hooked up, but luckily for her, her dream was to be a part of this beautiful deal. When I talk to Mary and Cindy, I don't get the idea that this is what they wanted. I think they wanted things for themselves. But it doesn't seem as though they were really connected to what Kent was actually trying to do. I mean, Cindy claims from time to time, she says, Oh yeah, I, I knew, I researched Kent. I knew you know, everything about who he was working with and all this. But it's obvious that she didn't care about Kent the same way because how many times do we see videos on her channel where she talks about God and how beautiful the world is? How many times has she taken us to go see a lake or the trees and all that and discussed some of God's great design? She doesn't. No, she's absorbed into her own negativity. She doesn't give a damn if she makes someone feel comfortable when she's around them. She doesn't care. When I first talked to Cindy Lincoln, right off the bat, she judged me. Right off the bat, she criticized me before she even got to know me. Here I am, a guy who wanted to give her nothing but my time and my ear. I don't know shit about her. And I just wanted to be able to understand why it is that she was going around telling her stories and being all sad. I was hoping that I could bring some light into her life. I was hoping that I would be able to encourage her to go back to what she used to a long time ago. You know, kind of take her out of the dark side for a little bit and say, Hey, Cindy, you used to do science videos and you were good at it. You had a talent. Why not go for it? And she goes, I will one day. 
I'll do something one day. But she's not. Instead, what Cindy's done, and this is very telling to me, folks. Did you know that Cindy and Mary, they never call me? They never say, hey, Brad, I'd like to see how you're doing as a person. They've never done that. But did you know quite a few times throughout the week, Sandra, she sends me little pictures of kittens. And I know some of you are wondering, why the hell does she send you pictures of kittens for? Why does she do that for? Because Sandra actually sat down one day and watched a bunch of videos of mine, and she keeps doing that. She cares about what I'm saying, about my views on things. And she's seen a video I made where I talked about how I go out on my deck, and I used to look at these little kittens that were out in the yard. Unfortunately, if I can keep myself from bawling, a neighbor came along, laid out traps, and caught every single one of them, including the mother cat. And now they've been taken off to a shelter. And I don't get to see those baby kittens anymore. I still got all my big cats, my wife and I, but that really, that was something that was important to me. For you, all of you out there, it may be small. It may be nothing to think about, but I liked waking up in the morning and seeing that. And Sandra knows that. She knows that that meant something to me, and she sent pictures of kittens over and over, and she keeps doing it. I didn't ask her to. She just intuitively knows that that meant something. She's the right person for Kent. He needs someone who will protect him. He needs somebody who will continue to shine light in his life. Unfortunately, um, the more and more I've talked to Kent, even though he still has light coming off of him, it's clear that a lot of these issues and a lot of these things and a lot of the adventures that he's went on in his life, they've caught up with him. There's little parts of him that are starting to be lost, that are starting to fade away in the wind. And I'm talking about his memories. I'm talking about the greatness of his mind. There are things that are starting to happen. People are starting to notice on the internet when they watch his videos. He's still good at what he does, but unfortunately he becomes repetitive sometimes. Sometimes he repeats himself and he doesn't even realize it. It's what happens to some older people out there. A great mind, a sharp mind, a fantastic, legendary mind can be taken from you. I think that he's got a couple more good years in him, and then we won't have Kent anymore. But at least in the last couple years of his life, or whatever goes on with his memory, he will be blessed with a person that will be there for him to the better end no matter how scary or terrible or uncomfortable things get he'll be able to wake up and he'll see the smile he'll be able to see, be surrounded in happiness which is what I think that some of the people who were working for him and volunteered wanted for him they wanted him to be protected I talked to Mark Stoney and Mark Stoney said one of the reasons why 
it was so hard for him to be with Kent Hovind is because he loved the man so much he could see that people were taking advantage of him as Kent was starting to slip. He couldn't handle seeing him taken advantage of so badly. And it was making him sick. It was upsetting for him. I don't know if some of you realize that, but Julie, as well as her husband Nick, and a lot of these people who are not Cindy Lincoln, who are not Mary Toko, every single one of them express the same thing, that they're aggravated at some of the things that have been said, but they all agree on this, and it's a pattern. They all love the man, but they seen him being taken advantage of. They seen the people that he put his trust in use him and abuse him. And also, they would use him also as an instrument to hurt others because of his lack of memory and understanding things. I don't want to get too much more into that shit, folks, because that's a personal issue that I don't... I don't want to publicize everything that I've learned about that kind of stuff. But because I know, for one, some of you out there, you don't give a rat's ass. You don't care. Some of you probably jump up with glee and joy at the idea of someone that you disagree with or you don't like suffering and hurting. It kills me, though. It means something to me. But she's just such a... Sandra is such a great person. Matt Powell is such a really great person. From the short moments I've had with Donnie, he seems like a genuinely intelligent person. He's got a good heart. Very busy fella. It's hard to be able to get into any kind of real conversation with him. But I've watched him. I've seen, I've seen his actions with others and all that, even though mine have been brief. It's not like I'm blind or deaf to the cool things that he's done. So I know he's cool. But I get a totally different experience. Yeah, when I first talked to Cindy, she judged me and condemned me. She actually brought to the table. And she's done this a few times, too. The moment I disagree with her or the moment that... I allow Kent to have his opportunity to tell his side or at least what he remembers of it. Her, There was a time, let me tell you guys this, this is cute. Mary got pissed off at me because she didn't believe that I was mean enough to Kent Hoven. See, Cindy and Mary want me to be hard on Kent Hoven. They want me to be rough. Some of the audience out there, you want me to get nasty. For whatever reason, you hate this man so damn much, you want me to just fire away at him. You want me to be your weapon that you can manipulate and mold and use me because you know can't trust me. So you feel like, ah, we can use this Brett Keen to jam this guy all up. And whenever the machine that you think that I am does not go along with the program or the routine... You then make videos and you put comments on each other's videos saying, this Brett Keen's a bastard. He's a piece of shit. These people who said this about him are right. 
he's a flip-flop, he's a liar, he's a yada, 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 yada. You don't give a shit about my well-being. You don't care about my health. You don't care about Kent or his wife. She made a video that is so beautiful with Matt Powell. And the only thing you could think of was, I'm going to post my links to my channel and advertise my hatred towards Kent. Cindy comes over. Did you know that he slaves people, makes people work for 40 hours a week? She doesn't mention the fact that none of these people are paying bills and that they're living there for absolute free food and board and all this stuff. Do you know how many hours a week my wife and I have to work? See, I'm not some kind of spoiled rich kid. I don't know. I've never known what it's like to live in a fucking mansion or on huge pieces of property before. I live in an absolute shithole with my wife. And I've done the best I can to father my children to make sure they graduate and go on to things. When I see a video like this, where this woman is walking around like this, I'm wondering if she stepped through a portal and she's in heaven right now. That's what I see when I see it. I see absolute paradise. That's what my visuals are picking up. Matt Powell did a fantastic job of representing what it actually looks like down there. No cobwebs, no corpses, no burial mounds off in the corner in the shadows, nothing like that. I see a guy feeding the fucking birds. I don't even know what kind of birds they are, but they seem pleased. Little kids having a good time. That's what I see. But every time I disagree with you folks, every time I say something positive about Kent or Sandra, you want to beat the hell out of me over it. You want to emotionally stress me out. You want to hurt me. Some of you want to beat my ass because I want to like people. I want to be friends with people. I want to care about people. And that's what I've done wrong. Because you're right about everything. Everything that you say, everything you accuse everyone of, if we don't all agree with you, then we must be the enemy. As far as you're concerned, you have no use for us. Let me repeat this one more time. Cindy has talked to me for hours and hours on end about her problems and her issues. Cindy has never once, never once, asked me how my damn day is or just called me out of the blue and said, Brett, what's going on with you? haven't heard from you for a while. What's going on? Nothing. My friend Adam, as well as my friend TTOR, they like her. They think that she's a nice person. She'll come off nice when you're talking to her. But I bet you after a few weeks or months, she won't contact them or talk to them unless she's wanting to whine about her fucking problems. They'll become nothing in the wind, and I've warned them both about this. I said, just watch what happens. As long as you give her attention, as long as you let her blast Kent over and over, she'll be all, she'll be nice as pie. But just wait until the day comes when you disagree with her. Then maybe you'll get to understand where Kent Hovind is coming from whenever he said that she bickers and complains and she's constantly up your ass. And it's about me, 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 me. 
interesting fact, folks. She accuses Kent of being narcissistic. Think about that for a moment. This is a guy who will get off the phone with you because he says, I love you, sister. I love you, brother, but I got to go save some souls. He's always thinking about other people and what he can do to bring people to God. Now, what is Cindy always talking about when you go to her channel? Let's just use some fucking logic here, folks. It's about me, 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 me. Okay? When it comes to Mary Toko, Mary Toko is not like Cindy, where it's just constant brutal. But I did catch something on Mary Toko that disappointed me. It really put me in despair. And I'm going to share it with you. I didn't want to do it at the time because I was trying to work things out with Mary Toko and give her opportunity to tell her side, which I think I did excellent at. I let her talk, 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 talk. But Mary hasn't ever contacted me all by herself. The only time she ever contacted me was when Cindy got her to call me. And then I talked to her that way. But I caught Mary because after I did a live show with Kent, <clears throat> talking to him about the issues between her and Cindy, do you know what she did? Check this out. Cindy did a Facebook thing where she pulled me in on Messenger, and there was a guy there that apparently was an old Australian guy on Dowell long time ago, and Mary Toko ends up coming into the conversation. Now, Mary Toko is getting in her car, so she's not paying attention to who's all in the call. She just instantly, right at the beginning, starts going off about, who is this Brett Keane guy? I thought he was supposed to be doing this and that. Why is he not? Blah, 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 blah. She spent two minutes doing that. And then the Australian guy stopped her and he goes, ma'am, Mary, Brett Keen's on the call. She was basically throwing my ass under the bus because she didn't like the fact that I was so quiet in the call with Kent, letting Kent tell his, his story on the show, defending himself. I told her, and I told Cindy, look, if you get on my show and you spend hours on end talking trash, I'm going to let him also tell his story. And I'm going to rarely interrupt him and cut him off. I'm going to let him say it as he sees it. That's only fair. And now I'm getting bitched at about it. Have I not been absolutely clear on my videos that I'm trying to be fair for all sides? Kent has never yelled at me. He's never complained. I've never caught him talking trash about me to someone else. Sander has never dissed me. Brad, I really think he did horrible. You know, every single time, even on some of the shows that were horrible and miserable, where people said ignorant shit about herself as well as Kent. Sander is always like, Brett, you've got such a good heart. I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'm like, Sander, but it, the show was ignorant. A lot of these people said very mean things about your husband. I know, but you're trying, and I understand that. I know you've got a good heart. I know you're trying to do the best you can. Really? Your your husband's taking all these beatings and being called all these names and you still 
through all that darkness, you still see that I'm trying to do the best I can and do good. You're not disappointed in me. You don't think I'm a piece of crap like these two women have been treating me? You see that? Yeah, folks, this isn't just um, a thing where I'm just sitting here doing a show where I click record and then all hell breaks loose. I spent so many hours and days with these people. I don't get paid to listen to these hours and hours of Cindy. Did you know if I was a psychiatrist, I would be, I'd have $10,000 right now with the kind of counseling I've tried to do for Cindy and some of the stuff I've done with Mary. And neither one of them give a shit about me. They just see me as something that's just there. Let me deal with another thing that I noticed. Cindy is using my comments board along with her buddies to blast the piss out of Sandra. And all Sandra did was do a tour of Dal and introduce herself in the place. Cindy says, people are working 40 hours. Then she goes on about a camera that apparently is set up in Sandra's bedroom. According to Ken Tobin, the reason why he's got the camera in the room is because they get death threats all the time, which I absolutely believe. I've got a smaller channel than Kent, and there's not a day I wake up where someone isn't fucking creatively talking about how they would want to fuck me up, kill my family, and take out everything that I love. There's not a day that goes by where I'm not being called horrible names, and I even have people who know that I have manic depression who instruct me on how I can kill myself. So I look at Kent, I see this is a guy who's been around since the time of Moses, who has over 200,000 subscribers. If my shit's rough, it must be hell over there for him. So when they tell me they're being abused and that they put cameras up in order to see who's coming into the property, I'm like, yeah, I get it. I understand it. In fact, I'll go one step further for Sandra Hoven and Kent Arness. <laughs> for the last 20 years, I've been doing YouTube and social media. I'm in front of a camera all the time. In fact, that's how you make videos as you're on camera all the time. I don't have problems with microphone and cameras. All my life, I had wanted to be an artist or a rock star or a musician. Whenever I was a young man, I wanted to be in front of cameras. I wanted to be, have the lights on me. I wanted to be able to reach audiences and all that. So when you say, yeah, this person's got a camera in their room, isn't that weird? Just wait until one day I take a camera out and show you what my damn room looks like. It looks like the inside of a damn courtroom with all the microphones and cameras and shit set up. And I love it. I feel right at home walking over wires and all my technical shit <laughs> doing my show. <laughs> I love it. I feel like I'm right at home whenever I go into my brother's home studio and I'm walking over wires and plugging shit in and getting ready to jam out on some metal or rock and roll. That's the way my life is all the time. So you point at a fucking camera that's hanging off the window and say, oh, look at what evil they're doing. I'm like, are you kidding me? I got 10 cameras all up over my room. 
The only reason why I don't record myself all the time on screen is because I don't want somebody going, ooh, look how dirty the room is. Look at the fucking flower wallpaper. Look at the shitty wires all over the place. Look at, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm sensitive about that. I don't like people complaining about my environment. You know, just look at my big ugly head when I'm recording a video. Stop looking for dirty laundry or underwear sitting on the damn uh, basket or something. What the hell are you looking around my room for anyway? You're supposed to be listening to me when I talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, 40 hours a week there, Cindy. None of these people have to pay rent. They don't have to pay bills. And they're just working a job. And the job is supposed to be something that they want. What is their job exactly down there, folks? Their job is to build more places for more people to live. They're putting homeless people into homes. They're putting people who have problems into a safe, nice environment where people can take showers and eat and go to a cafeteria where they do things. It's the nicest thing I've ever seen in my life. I live 17 miles south of St. Louis. Why don't you come visit some of our shelters around here? You think that's a hellhole? Get in a damn vehicle with me and drive through South St. Louis, the murder capital of the world, at least one of them. There's New York, Los Angeles, Compton. Go through St. Louis with me and then tell me what the hell hell looks like, folks. You don't know what the hell it is. You ain't been in hell until you've walked down the sidewalks of South St. Louis and you have motherfuckers giving you a look like they want to take your face off, okay? And then give me a damn video where I'm looking at this beautiful property, this land and this lake and these romantic interludes of where this wife or this wife might have had their special spot. You know where my special spot is, folks? My ass and whatever chair I'm sitting in. That's my special spot. That <laughs> I just can't believe how spoiled some of you are out there. Oh, my mansion had a cobweb in the corner. Oh, God. You filthy, selfish cockroach. I cannot believe some of these people. 40 hours a week, Kent Hovind is a slave master. 40 hours? Are you kidding me? Oh, there's a camera on the windowsill. Imagine being Brett Keen listening to that shit for days in and days out. I was abused. I mean, sure, I was cussing and screaming and yelling and slapping the living piss out of Kent Hovind over and over and telling him what a stupid man he is. And I wouldn't ever shut the hell up. And, oh, he was going around the campus talking about me badly. Yet, I'm the one who's got an entire YouTube channel talking shit about him and trying to round up as much people as I can, a little army to go against Kent. But Kent's the one that did all that. Yeah, right. Fuck you.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keen from God TV Radio. Today I'm going to explain why I can no longer back up Kent Hogan, defend him, or support him in any way until I see proof that the child is still alive and in good health. We're going to have to start from the beginning on this, ladies and gentlemen. Most of you know that I've supported Kent Hogan for years. And I'm going to have to explain to you why it is from the get-go, why all this is stopping now. As many of you know, a convicted child molester by the name of Chris Jones ended up making his way into Kent Hovind's life. Down the road, he ends up bringing a child to Dinosaur Adventureland, where he finds himself in the same bed with a boy while being a convicted child molester. And according to him, as well as Kent, this happened one night, and the guy went on to go do his thing. He supposedly took the child home, but that didn't happen. See, according to the information that we have, that boy stayed there for almost a week with Chris Jones. We were all told that this only happened one night, and then he was on his way after he got baptized and all these other issues. We were also told that by Kent himself, as well as Chris, that there was one single count of child molestation having to do with strip poker. However, after my friend TTOR looked into this guy's record, we ended up finding out that he's got several counts against child molestation. Different boys, different times, different days. So it wasn't just a strip poker thing, but Kent didn't mention that. I guess he, as well as Chris Jones, hoped we wouldn't find all the other information. So obviously, whenever I got a hold of this information, I brought it up with Chris Jones. I brought it up with Kent. Kent seems to be taking his anger out on Mark Stoney, as does Chris Jones. They're angry as though Mark Stoney did them wrong in some kind of way by proving that Chris Jones is a repeat offender. I don't understand why they would be irritated for that. I would think that a minister of God would want proof and evidence that someone is a repeat offender so you could keep them away from the kids on Dinosaur Adventureland. I guess I was wrong about that. I guess Kent sees his friendship with Chris Jones more important than the fact that this guy has went to court, went to prison, and not only did he go to prison, but apparently the people there knew what he was about and they wanted to end his life. That's how bad it is, folks. Chris Jones is what we refer to as a third-tier child molester. It means that he's one of the most dangerous, one of the worst kind of child molesters out there. This is what his record says. This is what we have. Um, now... Whenever I first started talking to Kent Hovind about the Sayre deal, interestingly enough, he thought that it would be a good idea to put me on the phone with the convicted child molester. I didn't like that at all. That made me sick just thinking about it. But he said, the guy's innocent. The guy's innocent. 
the claim is, is that some kind of strange conspiracy happened where there was some kind of uh, undercover stuff that Chris Jones was involved with, some kind of bohemian or bohemian whatever crap having to do with the New World Order, some Alex Jones type of shit. And supposedly the police and the cops, they all railed together and put this poor man in prison for something he didn't do. But strangely enough, you would think that that wasn't the end. That was the end of the tale. The guy goes on to screwing up seven to ten more times, having to do with children. We're talking about a pattern here, folks. Well, even though I'm knowledgeable of all this at this point, and my friends end up interviewing Paul Henson, who was one of the guys who actually found Chris Jones in the bed with the little boy on the property. And he completely and utterly uh, contradicted himself and made himself look like a fool. I then go on to saying to this Chris Jones guy, I said, look, this is causing a lot of heat for Kent Hovind. Why don't you just produce evidence of the child? Now, I was under the impression, because Kent Hovind repeatedly said on my show, as well as his own videos, that he has contact with the mother and the child, and they're doing just fine. That's what has been said over and over and over. But if you talk to Chris Jones, there's a different story being woven. The story is, is that since that day happened, they have not seen the kid at all, or the mother. This is Chris Jones' story. Chris Jones said that he's actually got to look through his documentation and his information to try to find out how to get in contact with them. And apparently he's had absolutely no success. Well, recently I made a video having to do with Mark Stoney's uh, interview that he did with Paul Henson, and uh, that triggered Mr. Chris Jones, and Chris Jones decided to email me. Now, this is really odd, some of the responses that Chris Jones gave that I'm going to show you. He said, Brett, the statutes Mark is using to try to throw me and Kent and Paul in prison are Alabama laws that apply to registered sex offenders who live in Alabama. They don't apply to sex offenders in other states who visit Alabama. So try as he might, Kent isn't going to prison for the rest of his life. Sleep well, Sojourner. Chris Jones is actually under the belief that he can cross state lines while being on the sex registry and have a child along with him, a minor, when the laws clearly state that he is not to be within 500 feet or proximity of any child whatsoever. He claims that the mother gave him permission that they know him all too well, that she trusts Chris Jones so much that even though he's got several counts of being a child muster, she put her child in a vehicle and let this guy go across these states. And the only thing he's concerned about is, well, I'm not going to be going to prison, yada, yada, yada. But it gets more interesting as the conversation goes on. 
I said, Chris, you actually believe you can cross the state lines with the kid, then sleep in the same bed with the kid, and this will work out fine for you? Whoever told you this either lied or is a fool. I suggest you show proof of the kid if you care about Kent. See, Chris Jones could take the heat and pressure off of Kent Hogan in less than a minute. All he's got to do is prove that the kid is okay. Kid is alive. Take a selfie with him. Record him. Put him on camera. They didn't have a problem doing that before. Even though the kid didn't even want to be on camera, they made the kid get on camera. So now they're acting like it's a big deal to put him on camera. Their story is, is that they don't want to upset the mom. They don't want there to be drama. But there already is drama because people already believe something bad happened to that kid. There are some people out there who believe that kid is dead. And there are some people out there that believe that Kent Hovind is lying through his fucking teeth, as well as Chris Jones. That something horrible happened, and they're trying to cover it up. That's what a lot of people out there believe. Just simply type into the Google search engines or on YouTube, and you're going to see countless videos that seem to go on for eternity about this issue. After I said this to him, this is his response to me, which I find extremely unusual. I told him all he's got to do is produce the kid, and that takes the heat and pressure off of Kent. And his response to me is, did you check the Amber Alerts for missing black youth? Search all the November and December 2019 for all the southern states. Let me know if you find a match. Well, first of all, Mr. Chris Jones, why do I need to do all this investigative work if you have such a close relationship with the kid? You see where I'm going with that? Why the fuck do I got to investigate and go through all this? And we both know that down in the southern areas of the United States, if a black kid happens to disappear or some young Mexican boy or girl, we know damn well that down in that part of the country, the cops are fucking absolutely useless and competent. That kid could be never found if you actually did something to them and you know this. And especially being that you also realize that down in the south, it's nothing but woods and forest and country land. You know how easy it would be able to hide someone that's unforgettable? Or forgettable, actually. The point is, is that people have come up missing in the South, ladies and gentlemen. And the cops, well, I'm not trying to be ignorant, but they, the South has a huge reputation for not being very considerate towards black people or taking their problems seriously. Let's just put it right out there like that. So I don't expect that there's going to be a whole lot going on there. We'll probably have to go straight up into the FBI on this instead of like local police and cops and everything like that. But the point is, ladies and gentlemen, as you can see from the email, is why is this guy telling me that I need to do all that for when he supposedly has the phone number to the mom and the kid? Why is it that Kent and Chris continuously delay and delay and delay? Chris Jones told me a month ago, he goes, hey man, just give me time, give me time. 
and I'll produce the evidence. Well, how much fucking time do you need? You and Kent continuously say that you had this close relationship and involvement with this kid, yet nothing. You've given me nothing. You've given nobody anything. And I'm tired of fucking around. I'm tired of getting the run around here. If you actually have a close relationship with the kid and you know that the kid's okay and everything, then why don't you provide some kind of evidence instead of telling people to go run around the United States of America looking for a kid that should have never ended up at Adventureland? The kid should have never even been there. The kid should have never even been in the car with you. The mother should have never done this. I'm getting to the point where if investigators do get involved with this, and you end up going down for it, I'm not going to give a shit anymore. My patience has ran out with this. I respond to him with, how about you just produce a kid since you're so close as you claim? I like Kent, but I'm starting to see you as pure bullshit. And I am. That's how I feel about this. Then this idiot's going to say to me, not my job to prove myself innocent from Mark Stoney's lies. You guys got multiple agencies investigating this nonsense. Let them do their job, and when they clear everyone, then just stop. Yeah, we've had to get investigators involved. We've had to get agencies involved. We, are, we believe what we're saying to be so true that we're willing to actually get in contact with the police and the cops about it, Chris. That's how little we trust what you have to say. Even Kent Hovind's own staff and his former wives thought Chris Jones was a bad deal all the way around. And I can't understand for the life of me. The only story I've heard from Kent Hovind why he even befriends this guy is because supposedly the guy drove the limo around a while back having Kent in the back seat. Do you know how many Christians and atheists have contacted me in the background and said, Brett, 10 bucks says that this guy and his family must be wealthy and they must have helped Kentoven in some kind of way financially for them to fight this hard for this guy. What did this guy do that was so important and so wonderful and great that Kentoven decides to put the ministry and his entire family on the line over it for? He goes, well, not my job to prove myself innocent from Mark Stoney's lies. Well, Mark Stoney didn't lie about it, did he? He's not the one that wrote up the record of you having strip poker with children. He's not the one that created the seven to eight accounts of sexual molestation that you were involved in. That's not Mark Stoney. Mark Stoney says that he was there. And he had to leave with his daughter because you decided to come down to the damn property with a kid. Several people had to leave the property because they didn't want to be in the proximity of a convicted child molester. Just because Kentoven said the guy is not guilty doesn't mean that everybody's going to follow along with that. Not everybody's a blind sheep. And I wrote, you went to prison and you have several accounts against you, pal. 
This is not close to innocent. Because of your lack of cooperation to help us make sure the boy's okay, you set things in motion. I gave you every chance in the world. He ended up responding with me to, with this shit. Listen to this, folks. He said to me, he sent another email. I don't feel like clicking out of the page. He goes, uh, Brett, are you and Mark Stoney trying to blackmail me? That sounds like blackmail. Blackmail you. I'm trying to get you to fucking prove the kids alive so Kentoven doesn't have to deal with this fucking tons and tons of elephant shit that's been dropped all over him, you idiot. You're the one that decided to bring a kid down there knowing that you're a convicted child muster. You know that whenever you brought him into a controversial fucking place where Kentoven exists and his wives that this was going to stir a bunch of trouble. What did you actually think that you could walk amongst a thousand people with a little boy and there wouldn't be questions? You fool. What the hell were you thinking? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go down there with a kid and cross state lines. Everybody's going to be able to make sense of that. The truth is, folks, he doesn't have a close relationship. That we don't we don't even know, ladies and gentlemen, if that's the kid's name, Sair. So that's probably why it is this idiot so confident that we're not going to be able to find any information. We don't know the mother, we don't know the phone number, and we don't know if that's the boy's name. All we have is his picture of Kent Hoven forcing him on the camera whenever he doesn't want to be on camera. And we've had to hand that out to cops. So that's the only thing that they have to be able to find this kid is based upon the way he looks. That's it. Because we don't know if they're lying about the name. We don't know. We don't know anything about the mother either. We don't even know if the kid's got parents. If he, he could be living in a foster home or something. He could have been just walking down the damn street. And Chris Jones pulled up in his little fucking ice cream truck and picked him up that way. You know, hey, little boy, come on in here. We got some ice cream and candy for you. Come in. Just hop in. Yeah, it's a little dark in here. A little, uh, a little tight. But you'll be all right. We don't know. We don't know the story, but Kent Hovind, as well as Chris Jones, expect us just to be cool with it. Everything's fine. Now, fuck that. I'm tired of supporting and defending this shit. I've given it over a month. And I suspect that if you can't produce the imagery or video of a kid by now, then something's seriously wrong. Somebody's covering their ass over there. All right, I'm done with this bullshit, folks. I'm done. Kent, I'm not going to defend you and support you anymore until you and this Chris Jones get your head on straight and show evidence this kid actually existed. That's where I stand. And anybody that comes towards me and asks me for any information that I know about this stuff, I'm going to be frank with them. I've tried. I really tried, Kent. I wanted to make this as least aggravating as possible. I hoped that it was just an internet rumor or gossip. But now the story's gotten too damn unusual and it's been taken to the next level.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Brett Keene from God TV Radio. I hope you're all having a blessed day out there. Thursday, 7 p.m. Central, I'm going to be doing a live show. Everyone is welcome. doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a person from a different faith or a completely different brand of Christianity than myself. I love you all, and I enjoy having conversations with you. Whether you have problems and issues or you're just trying to learn things or you just want to chill out and talk to a person who could potentially be an awesome friend of yours, Brad Keen, Uncle Brady, is always here for you. I hope you all show up. The link is always in the description as well as in the comments, and it's an open discussion. We can talk about anything on your mind or in your heart. Well, as many of you know, I've been kind of going back and forth um, with this whole Kent Hovind issue and missing children and the Cindy Lincoln deal. Anybody that's been watching and listening, you know that it got to a point where this has been so overwhelming for me, it literally assisted, along with the heat, to making me sick. And some of you out there, you may not understand or know me well enough to understand why would some internet drama get me um, so bothered, so upset. Well, because it's not just internet drama, it's reality. It's something that's actually true going on in the world that scares the hell out of me and also causes me a lot of pain and grief. What is that pain and grief for those out there who don't know what's been going on? The pain and grief is caring about someone all of your life and admiring them as a role model, actually seeing them as the very concept of what a man ought to be, Mr. Kentoven. He is one of the few people out there that I can point at that I actually admired. Um, I never knew him personally. I just simply watched him. I listened to him, the way he presented himself, this clean-cut guy who just seemed to always have the answers for everything, super intelligent, great in debates and discussion. And I've always thought that he... Um, He's some form of genius from Alabama, folks. <laughs> that's uh, that's how I seen him. And his new wife, Sandra Hovind, absolutely beautiful, wonderful woman. She's just filled with light, and she just I see that she has a great future ahead of her and all that. But the problem is, when you talk to these people on the phone, they do come off kind and gentle and sweet, everything that you would expect. According to a lot of the volunteers who left Dell, they all say the same thing. When they first met Kentoven, he seemed like the greatest guy on the planet. And then as they got to know him and they got to deal with some of his associates or people that he does business with, all of a sudden things started getting hanky-panky. Things started getting weird. And I think that I'm starting to really, really understand what a lot of these Dow volunteers are talking about now, and it's bothersome. It's very sad. Now, some people are like, Brett, you have the ability to call these folks and talk to them about your problems. Why are you doing it publicly? Because unfortunately, 90% of the problems and the issues were made public years ago before I was even in comprehension that any of it was going on. A lot of people need to realize, if you're just catching on, that I'm not the original uh, perpetrator of the drama and the rumors and the stuff. 
In fact, there's guys like Atheist Jr. out there, there's Mark Stoney, there's Cindy Lincoln, and there's like a couple handfuls of people out there that got the ball rolling and then a few other people jumped on it. So this was long happening before I got into it. And it's not just Kent Hovind or Sandra that I need to respond to, but I also have to respond to the audience who were, is trying to make fucking sense of all this craziness and this mess. And also I'm updating literally every single day on what actually happened, what is this hearsay, and so on and so on. I'm not any in any kind of way a judge or a prosecutor. I don't have any credentials in detective work or anything like that, even though I've had thousands of people in the past tell me that I'm amazing on how I am able to uncover things and be able to find people and reach out to people that no one even thought possible. Um, for me, it's just a matter of you just simply look, you search for the information. If the truth is out there, I've always got this idea that you're going to find it sooner or later, whether you like it or not, whether it's something you're not going to enjoy. And whenever it came to this drama, trust me, I did not enjoy what I found out or what it is that's happening. And still with a major issue that is taking place here. As many of you know, I challenged Kentovin. I said, uh, we're going to need to see evidence of the boy being alive. And I don't know how many of you have been keeping up to date on this, but the story was this. Kentovin and his camp basically said, we've talked to the mother, we've talked to the boy, and everything's fine. Everything's okay. But whenever I talked behind the scenes to Chris Jones, who was the very man who brought the boy to the property, Chris Jones' story is different. He claims that they haven't seen the boy <clears throat> for a couple of years now since the event happened, that the boy is now grown up and going to high school and he doesn't want to be involved in the kid's life and that the mother doesn't even want to answer the phone or respond or anything like this because she doesn't want to be a part of the drama. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is you've got one side of this group who is saying that they're, they've kept up contact with the boy and the mother, and then another side who is involved in this saying that nobody's kept contact, nobody ever called or did anything. So basically, somebody's lying. Either they didn't have any contact, and that boy is still out there missing, or someone did contact and they know something we don't. Kent's the one that claims that they've talked to them. Chris Jones said that nobody's had contact since then. And ironically enough, Chris Jones is the one that Kent Hovind has been defending. As where Chris Jones says, no, you don't understand. Even though Kent Hovind and I are friends, he says... Apparently, Kentovin never took the real time to find out what Chris Jones has been seriously in trouble for. He only knows about the strip poker deal. <clears throat> he doesn't know about all the other things that uh, Chris is in trouble for. According to him, when he tried to tell Kent and when he tried to open up to him, Kent just didn't want to hear it. 
Kent was not interested, Kent apparently said, you are my friend, you don't need to defend yourself to me. If you didn't do it, you didn't do it. End of conversation type of attitude about it. But unfortunately, this the problem is, and we all know this, there's going to be guilt by association. There's going to be that problem when you hang with certain people. And because we've talked to so many different associates and so many people working with this, the stories have been totally different from one another. Only very few similarities. And it's caused people to be even more bothered. I got to the point where I was like, damn it, this can really cost all these people their time. They can have cops and detectives up their ass. And I don't want to be one of the ones responsible for taking someone down that I've always cared about and respected, such as Mr. Hoven. It made me sick. I felt like I was betraying or hurting a friend by doing that. So I understand where Kent Hoven's coming from in a kind of a way whenever he says, I can't just do away with my buddies, why he waits until the last minute before he makes his move and gets rid of them or shuts them off. I know what it feels like to be a man who wants to be there for people and give people chances and redeem them. But unfortunately, some of these people made decisions <clears throat> that may have cost people lives, also caused unnecessary suffering towards people. Um, it also caused a lot of people to get kicked off the property due to Kent Hoven having to take sides or choose a position. Well, the point of it all is, ladies and gentlemen, after I got sick and I took off for a couple of days, I told my friend TTO on Adam Lore, I said, look, you are my friends, I trust you, and these two men are extremely intelligent, and it's one of the reasons why I've always admired uh, Adam and respected him as well as Mr. TTOR. TTOR is a young earth creationist. I don't share some of the same views on Christianity as he does, but I respect him nonetheless. Adam Lore is a full-blown atheist. However, I even consider him one of the smartest of the atheists out there, and I've told him that to his face. Known him for almost a decade now, ladies and gentlemen, and I fully trust him. I know some people out there are like, wow, you trust an atheist? I thought atheists were evil, mean, yada, yada, yada. Some of them are, but not this guy. So Adam, as well as TTR, looked deep into it, and they found out a bunch of stuff. And then it went on to where Mark Stoney and Adam Lord did an interview with Paul Henson, who was a very close associate with Kent. And unfortunately, whenever you listen to the video, if you're really paying attention to what the man is saying and what the questions are being asked of him, Sadly, it seems like he's trying to be a lawyer in the conversation, but at the same time, he comes off as duplicious. He comes off as someone who is not being very honest or very truthful. I was originally supposed to interview this guy a while back before I was like, oh man, this is getting too much. And I'm glad I wasn't the original host of it. Because Mark Stoney and Adam, they handled it really well. I consider myself a very calm host, a person who's able to do what needs to be done. But I have to admit that the way the guy behaved himself and the way he acted, I may have lost my shit while talking to him. I may have gotten really aggravated, and Adam apparently in the his show did. 
Mark Stoney and Adam did a good job of questioning him, but you can he hear constant contradictions and hypocrisy as well as downright lies. So now where do we go from here is the question we have to ask ourselves. And also I'll be putting the links to TTOR's channel as well as the ch uh, to Adam Lohr's stuff so you guys can see this for yourself. Now I have to hold firm. I have to... When people say, Brad, whose side are you on? Are you on Cindy? Are you on Kent? Well, at this point, it's not about being on any of their sides anymore. It's about being on the side of the child. It's about being on the side of God. I need to see that the kid's okay. I think that if Kent Hovind and his people, if they have such a close relationship with the mother as they claim they have, that they've had all these phone calls back and forth and heard that he's okay and he's doing great, fine. I know the excuse, and I need to make this clear to Mr. Kent Hovind as well as Sandra and the others involved in this. Nobody gives a damn about the excuse or justification that you can't do it because the mother will be upset, because the mother's going to be investigated for this. The mother put herself in a really funky position, folks, because... Supposedly, she acknowledged that Mr. Chris Jones was a child molester. Chris Jones, it's illegal for Chris Jones to be in the same proximity of children. Whether he's on probation or whatever, when you're on a sex registry, you're not supposed to go near children. That's one of the tenets of it. It's not just some piece of paper that warns people what you are. You're also supposed to not be in the proximity of children, nowhere near them. So the issue with this is, obviously, an illegal act has been committed. The mother will have to be investigated. In fact, she could probably get in much the same amount of trouble as Kent Hoven in this. And I don't know if Kent realizes the kind of trouble that you can get in for this. This is the scariest part for me that I have to say. I found out that if you were to allow something like this, apparently things like this have been done illegally, where people harbored a child molester, where people have allowed, um, put the temptation in front of, uh, they call it putting the temptation in front of a child molester by putting one in the same proximity of children knowing what the problem is, but keep on letting it. The fact that people didn't contact the the officers and cops whenever bringing the guy to the, the land. All these can amount up to five, ten years in prison. Which, as many of you know, Kent Hovind's already done a prison stint already. He's now 70 years old. To get a prison sentence now would be a death sentence. It would literally be a death sentence. So for me, this isn't just some kind of drama on the internet. This is sad, it's scary, it's horrible. And I'm going to be 46 years old on Christmas. I don't want to have that over me. I don't want to be Brett Keen, the guy who investigated his one of his role models or someone he cared about and then be the one of the major reasons why it is someone that you love and care about goes down the tube. I don't like that any more than he liked the idea of being able to tell people that were working with him they got to go. They got to go because they're more of a burden for the ministry than good. 
I can see that Matt Powell's still on the same page, if he's even still watching my videos or listening. I've been concerned that I may have lost my friendship with him. I was actually the one in, who encouraged him to go down there and work with Kent Hovind before I knew all this was going on. This is going to uproot his life and cause a lot of disruption if it continues to go on. I don't like it. But I do notice that whenever I watched his video recently, he put a video on the Dinosaur Land channel where he's talking about Islam. He's talking about how can anybody serve the Prophet Muhammad knowing that he was a child molester himself. He liked to French kiss boys and have sex with a little girl named Aisha. And you could see it in Matt Powell's eyes. Matt Powell has never made it um, secret that he can't stand pedophiles and people who do things like that or even associate with it. So I wonder what's going on in Matt's head on this. I wonder what's going on in his mind. Because he's actually down there, so he knows... He has to know what's going on. He has to know about Brady. He has to know about Chris Jones, all that stuff at this point. <clears throat> I feel so bad. I really thought that it would be a great thing for Matt Powell and Kent Hovind to go down there, kind of like Matt Powell be the apprentice and learn and absorb all the awesomeness that Kent knows and be able to go on to being one of the greatest young Earth creationists ever. Being able to learn from the mistakes as well as the great things Kent did. But now I don't know anymore. All I know is that my priority is I got to see that kid. I got to see that kid alive, folks. Some people are going to say, well, Brett, what about the Cindy Lincoln issue? What about it? At this point, Cindy Lincoln, she knows this as well as I do, whether she likes me or thinks I'm a flip-flop or an asshole, which I could possibly be a lot of all these things. Who knows? The point is, is that Cindy Lincoln, a lot of her things are legal matters that she's going to have to deal with on the court. The reason why Kent Hovind's issue with this kid is different than Cindy Lincoln's problems is because social media has grabbed onto it. And this is kind of like the, the Johnny Depp thing a little bit. If social media requests that they see the kid alive and then it, the kid is not produced, Religious people and atheists will go out of their way to basically nail the channel. They could go so far as to flagging it down. They could go so far as to unsubscribing, and then he loses his entire virtual ministry. Donations will stop. Everything will end. And there's just a lot of really, really terrible things that can happen in that. And uh, according to Cindy and Mary Toko, uh, as well as Kent himself... Their organization has been threatened before. Kent has been threatened before by people. Well, imagine what would happen if it turned out that something happened to that boy or many, many days or weeks and months go by where people don't get evidence of the kid. Some of these folks down in Alabama and the surrounding states know where dinosaur land is. They're aggravated. Of course, I wouldn't want anybody no matter what your history is or what your crimes are to get any damage or hurt. But when it comes to children, well, people sometimes go over the line. So this should be something people should be very concerned about. 
This is a little bit more than internet drama, folks. So for those out there who keep on coming into my room saying, Brad, I thought you were done with the drama. It's more than drama, folks. It's more than just some two pesky assholes on the internet talking trash to each other. This is about real-life crimes, real-life pain and suffering, real-life the possibility of lives being ruined. And if you can, if you only see it as internet drama, then you, sir, or you, ma'am, are clearly delusional in every way but possible. Or every way from Sunday, I mean. <laughs> so that's my thoughts. I'll put the links to Mark Stoney and Adam Lohr's video as well as TTOR. God bless.